Okay, we're going to start. What a nice word on Pasha's history. A word from the Atelier Zekainim. So, this week is Kabul Satoira. What does it mean, Kabul Satoira? We take the Torah the way the Ibsha wanted to give it to us. Right? So he says a very nice word. It says, so Chazal teach us that Anoich v'liyelechu b'dibber echad nemri. Right? Anoich v'liyelechu are really just came at the same time, one dibber. So to we have to understand what's what's the connection. Anoichi is one thing, and liyelechu is something else. Right? The should be a minute in the Ibish And then there's a separate love of not having any other inam uh, achayrims. So he says something that, that sometimes a person could do things that are uh, technically an avayra. Right? He's doing an avayra, but he's justifying it. Right? Why? Because 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 it's for the He has chesbonus. Why? In his mind, this is really a very big uh, opportunity. This is something that the Ibishter would want. Even though really I'm doing something against what the Ibishter said in the Torah. So he says that the Ibishter doesn't want al punai. Don't do it for me. Don't do things that are not good. Things that are really avayrus. Al punai. I'm saying I'm doing this for Ibishter. So he gives some some examples. He says, for example, sometimes a person's, a person's davening and he's making with his hands and feet, he's doing things that really aren't proper to do and attract attention. And he's saying, you know, but it says in Shechnurich, you're not supposed to be ashamed of other people when it comes to serving Hashem. So I'm not ashamed. I'm doing my own thing. Right? He's serving Hashem. And really he's just attracting negative attention or being Mechal Shem Shemayim, you know, and different things. Well, sometimes you have a person who will, who will say that um, it's Navaira to give this person money. Right? You know, this guy needs help. It's Navaira to help him. He's doing an avayda, but I mean, he, he's technically doing an avayda by not helping him. But he's saying, no, it's an avayda to help him. I'm doing a mitzvah by not helping him, because this is what the Ibishter wants. So on the Ibishter's cheshbon, he's now rationalizing that he's doing the right thing, even though it's it's directly opposite of what the Ibishter wants. So saying, and the same thing with a lot of other things that a person will, will do something bad to someone, you know, with a cheshbon that, that it's the right thing to do. So he says, that's what the Ibishter is telling us. Please make sure that your mitzvahs and your avaydas are on track. Right? Make sure they're not uh, going away from what I would have wanted. So don't do anything bad, Alpunai, with the Cheshm, that it's all for the Ibishah. So make sure that the Leyelechu goes along with the Anoichi. The Anoichi is what I, the Ibishah's Rutzen. Don't do anything bad that's not Ibishah's Rutzen, and the Cheshm that um, you, know, you really mean very well. And, you know, this is just one example where people make a lot of Cheshboinas, and we're talking about it in a moment on a certain topic. But I don't mean. Dafka to give misr to, to women who are not being mechabed men enough or the other way around, you know, but, but no, it's not good for me to do what, what normally is okay because in this situation, really the right thing to do is the opposite. Don't, don't go there. We have a Torah and it's a way to do things. You want to make sure whatever you're doing is right. And when you start giving cheshboinist and it's not justifying things that aren't really okay, you know, that, then, then you're not getting anywhere. So it's something to think about when it comes to any kind, all relationships and everything we always talk about, whether it's from Bayes or Chinuch, it says it in the Torah. Says in the Rambam, says in Chazal, there's a way to run a Yiddish Shtib. So if you're doing things differently, you know, with a, with a good, nice matura, then, then you have to be very careful because that's where it gets sticky. Now, obviously, sometimes you'll be sticking to the, to the rules too much, and again, you're doing something wrong. And so again, I'll put it in the wrong way. I don't mean to say that it's always by the book, but you have to make sure that what you're doing is always gal. And you have to make sure that you know how to do the, the mitzvah shaloy the vayra the and when it's the right thing to do and it's the wrong thing to do. So it's always something to make sure that you're not, you're not getting yourself involved too much and being too subjective to deciding what really is right for this situation. So with that said, let me just read a question over here. And 
obviously, like when, whenever it comes to these situations, there's so much you have to know, and I don't mean to, to give anyone guidance or counseling by answering a question, obviously. I'm just discussing the idea in public, you know, which is why I take the liberty to you know, discuss the ideas, even though I don't know much about, about what's really going on. So here it goes. I know the situation will be typical, but I really don't know how I should address it. Here I go. Can a husband just use the wife's hard-working money whenever he wants without asking, without a cheshman, for grocery, gas, bills, etc.? He is a working man, and he has a problem managing his budget. We have a very good shulam ba'ez, but somehow when it comes to the subject, I cannot touch it and discuss it because he gets extremely hurt. He, meaning her husband, I guess. At a, certain bo- at a certain point, I told my boss to keep most of my money, and I will take it when needed, but this caused me mega shulam ba'ez problems because I want to have a good relationship, shulam in the house. I, because I want to have a good relationship, I stopped talking about this. He has a card of the bank where my earnings go, and he just uses it whenever he feels like it. What's my solution? I know everything the wife owns belongs to the husband, but is a child in this case too. P.S. He, he invested a few times in business and somehow after a short time he flopped. He always stayed with a lot of money owing to people, a lot of debt, and a whole life paying it off. Whoa. Okay. I cannot discuss this with him by a roof. I start crying right away because I see that he does not understand me when it comes to money. He gets very hurt and he feels that he's an, he is an outstanding, wonderful husband which is true, and then I have to do this, and then I have to do this for him unconditionally. Okay, so here's the question, in short, right, the wife wants to know, I make the money, and he spends it, what's he spending it on? Grocery, gas, and bills. Okay, I mean, you know, he's not using it to go to concerts, he's using it to pay the bills. But the question is, you know, I make the money, and he should be earning money, and, and he's not, and now he's using my money, and, and, and it's getting very stressful, and he doesn't know how to manage money, he doesn't know how to earn money, he doesn't know how to put away money, he doesn't know how to save money, and this is a problem. Okay. So, Let's start with the main idea, and, and I think there's something that we're going to try to discuss with me that, that's relevant both for women and men to hear, and it's clear that you know, the point is never, ever, to, to point fingers and say, you see, I'm right, you're not allowed to spend my money, or you see, I'm allowed to spend all your money. When anyone goes to that mode of who's right and wrong, you never win, because as much as you're right and you feel good about being right, you didn't save, you didn't help your situation. Remember that, you didn't help your situation. So before I say anything, let's clarify. If any husband is waiting to hear that he's right and it's going to make him feel good, even though he knows that his wife is so disturbed by it and crying because of it and, and, and having some bias issues because of it and upset about it, then, then you're doing something wrong already. And if any wife is waiting to hear you're right, your husband's not allowed to spend your money, and now you feel, you know, you're good to go, you lock it up, and, he's not a, and that's how it's going to make you feel good, even though he's feeling so turned off by it, that's not either to anyone. So, so even if I will say one of those two, if that's what you hear from me, then go away knowing that that wasn't good advice. Okay, and, if you hear that, and I'm saying it because I know people hear this from, from others. And I just had this this week. I was dealing with a, with a situation, so I'm biased, where the husband and wife had an argument, and they went to a therapist, and the therapist decided that she's right. Being right, the only thing it did for you was made you feel that you were victorious, and, and you're right, and you're right, and you're right, and, and you're right, and again you're right, and you're biased, it's not good. Your husband's resentful. Besides the fact that in that particular situation, I didn't even think the therapist was right. I think he was just intimidated by the woman. But that's a separate issue. That's my own opinion. But being right and not having a mahalak how to work it out that everyone become happy is not getting anyone anywhere. So if the question is, is it right or wrong, that's a, that's a, that's a silly question for anyone to answer or for anyone to even look for an answer of. Okay? So that's, that's something to, to start off with. Now, the main idea, which is the Torah idea, and what says Nalocha, which is always relevant, unless it's a Yertzim Nakal that I don't know about or that Adas Torah told you specifically, is that all earnings that a wife makes belong to the husband. They belong to the husband. As a matter of fact, uh, in most cases... People ask women for tzedakah, and the women sometimes have a, you know, a guitars, and they start spending money for tzedakah that the husband wasn't aware of, wasn't okay with. It's a big shayla, it's a big problem. 
Okay? Not just that, but I heard this recently from a Dayan, that a lot, lot of Sachpaskim, a lot of Paskim hold, that when a husband gets married, and his wife brings in a bunch of money that she made as a girl, he has to now give master from that money, even though she mastered it in the past, because now he made new money. She brought in new money, and now it's his. And he has to give master of the $20,000 she put away. That's a lot of money. And she's not going to like that. Okay, so it's something to talk to your Dayan about, and Yeruv about, and these are all Halukha Shalos that definitely have to be discussed with Adas Torah, uh, if you feel comfortable with it or not. Now, Many don't understand this, and they take it for granted that uh, the husband has to support me, he has to give me a credit card, he has to let me spend money, he has to let me buy whatever I want, he has to let me buy whatever my friends have, he has... Uh, uh, you know, that's, a, that, that's not accurate. Uh, a husband does have to provide, and there is a ksibba. I, I just heard it recently under a chippa, they were, you know, they were reading it, and, and definitely a lot of achrayas that he has to take care of her. But it's all limited to what the Torah obligates him. Now, of course, for Shulam bias, and of course, if it's important to your wife, and of course, if it's normal, and of course, if she'll be feeling deprived, there's definitely a lot to take into account. You don't want to just stick to the rule and say, listen, I don't have to. You still have a dress from three years ago. It's still, you know, it's still uh, wearable. You know, there's, ways, there's, there's, thing, there's ways to be rational and ways to do what's normal. But for a wife to, to expect that a husband has to let her spend the money that he's making, or even that she's making, right, whatever, in any way she wants, and everything she wants funded or... or you know, spent is okay because he has to because everyone does that's wrong and it's his money and she's spending it without his consent or, with, you know, especially if it's not even there it's just a piece of plastic that you swipe and then he has bills to deal with there's something very wrong about that very wrong about it. there's a toilet that teaches us how money is spent in a house who's responsible for it and who's and who's um, you know, and, and who's right it is to be on top of that now, I did mention the word responsible responsible means that there's someone responsible for the money as well it's not only a right. It's not, there's not the shot that the Irish gives the husband the, you know, he's sitting on the, on the bank account and he can do whatever he wants with it. And no, he has to fill it up too. This part of the responsible, responsibility of a husband. And, and here's, you know, a, a problem. Um, here's a problem that sometimes a woman wants to be helpful, whether because he was lending a coil originally or because she was looking for an occupation or because she was looking to help out because expenses are big. For whatever reason, a woman steps up to the plate, takes a job and helps out with the income. It's beautiful. She's not obligated to. She's not obligated to. And it's important for men to know this. It's important for women to know this. Not so that women can tell the husband, okay, I'm not working anymore, I'm not interested. And not so that men um, you know, should feel bad if the, if, if the wife's uh, income or earnings have to chip in to just fund the house. There's a lot of kids, with Hashem, and tuitions, and chasnas, and simchas, and, and bills to pay. But it's important to remember. It's the husband's responsibility to bring panusa. Now, again, you might want to discuss this with the Ruv or the Astoida, how to present this, but you might want to tell your husband, listen, I'm fine working. I mean, if you are. And I understand that it's nice that I bring in a nice income. And I understand that it's necessary. And I want to do it. I'm not going to use it against you every day and say, you know, I did it for you, and you should be grateful, and you should cook supper. No, no, no. There's a way to do it. Nicely, you know, pleasantly, to help out and do it with a good heart. But doing it this way, where I have to work, and I have to cover the bills, and then you take all the money and do whatever you want with it. And because of that, sometimes... You don't work or don't have the responsibility to, you know, to, to, to take care of the finances or to be responsible about it. That doesn't work for me. So it's not about arguing if he's allowed or not. It's not about putting him down and making him feel stupid. It's just simply about saying, you know, I'm ready to put in the work, but I want to deal with this responsibly. Now, he may not want to hear it, but it's okay. I mean, sometimes if you say it nicely, things that some people don't want to hear, they have to hear it. Maybe you're doing him the biggest favor by telling it to him nicely that, you know, it doesn't work. To, to keep on spending without a cheshm and things like that. I think we should go to someone for some financial coaching. I think we should have some kind of um, budgeting that, that would work for both of us. I think it's important to work out a, a mahalach how we're going to do this. There's ways to do that. 
So if a woman is working and she's bringing in the income, then you know the point is not to control how he spends it, or to tell him not to, or to be, or to think that maybe in this case the halacha changes. You know, but there's a way. There's a way to bring panusa and to share that responsibility. So that's something that it's important to discuss with a husband nicely, without being accusing, without putting him down, without making him feel stupid, and saying, you know, I'm happy to work, and there's a way I want to go about it. And I think we should discuss with someone if I have to, if I should, if you should, or how we do this. Now he may not want to hear it, and it's still okay sometimes. It's very time. Often people are afraid to say things because how's he going to take it? He's not going to want to hear it. You know, okay, as long as you say it nicely, and you refrain from saying anything negative or challenging. Sometimes you just leave out the word you. The whole conversation, just say me, it's about me. I'm okay working, I would like if it's done a certain way, I'm, I'm willing to do it if I could feel this and this, how are we going to go about that? You know, sometimes that's a very healthy message, and sometimes it's actually a codependency, where a woman then feels obligated or to cover for her husband, and to work herself to the bone, and to pay the bills, and to fund this, and to do that, and sometimes it's, you know, maybe not. Maybe let the bills run. Maybe they won't be paid, and it's also okay. Maybe he'll realize he has to step up to the plate. Now, this is something you should do with guidance and not to get your turn-off notice and, and, and be without electric or do anything silly or ridiculous, but sometimes you're covering too much for someone. So the point is not to withhold their earnings and to have your boss hold the money and tell your husband that you're not giving him, which all that can be taken as a challenge, uh, and, right? And it could be wrong up here as well, as much as just to clarify how we're going to go about things. We have an issue. It's not you, it's not your problem. We have an issue. I want to feel good. You want to feel good. Let's try to feel good together. We're looking to make it work. And you don't say, I don't really want to work. I'm only doing... Always work with the other person's intention in mind. In other words, um, I want to do this for you. I'm happy to do this for the family. I want to make it work. I'm not resentful and angry and upset and I'm only doing it because or only on condition. Just the opposite. And the same thing with children. I want that I should be able to take you to the trip that you want to go on. How can we make it work? Not, I don't have to take you, you want me to take you, you'll learn it. And sometimes when someone feels that you have an, an opposing agenda, that alone makes like a certain resistance and a certain you know, a, a challenge, who's going to win, who's going to lose. I want what you want. Let's make this work together. So that's a very important uh, attitude. Now, you mentioned that, that he feels very hurt when you talk about this, and then you say that you know, he is an, an amazing husband, which is true, but it's very important to, you know, to, to pick up on these, on these little nuances here. And I don't mean to catch anyone, I always say, I don't mean to get nitty-gritty on the way someone worded a question. Sometimes a husband feels hurt because he's a good husband, which is true, but it's true? What do you mean it's true? It's true that he's a good husband? Or, it's, or, or you told it to him many times? Does he know that you know he's a good husband? Or you're telling me that you know he's a good husband? That's a very big difference. Could it be, and we spoke about this recently in a, in a different class, and I'm just saying it again. Could it be that the financial difficulties is what comes up more often, is emphasized more often than the fact that he's a good husband? Did he hear from you a hundred times this week how good a husband he is, and three times this week that we have to deal with the finances? Or the other way around? Or even if he didn't say so many times about the problems, but you also didn't mention how good he is. So saying he thinks he's so good, and he is, but he thinks he's good, and it's true, you have to make sure that he thinks that you think he's very good. And you have to make sure that when you do talk about the more difficult part of the relationship, it's not done in a challenging way, or in a general way, which makes him feel like you must not be a good husband, you must be a failure. Especially when somebody's not providing, and a husband can take very personally that feeling like, you know, he's not providing, and, and really he's not, stay, he's, not, he's not doing his obligations, and, and that's also something that can make him feel... Um, you know, not good. And, and sometimes it's all unintentional. You don't mean to make someone feel like a loser. And you're not telling him you're a failure. But your message is that he is a failure. He's not, he's not accomplishing, he's not doing what, he, what he's obligated to do. He's not, right, he undertook certain responsibilities when he got married, he's not doing them. And you want to make sure he doesn't feel that. You want to talk about it very technically. What do we do? How are we going to work this out? Instead of, you know, look at this, you're not, right? So that's something you want to, and so often, the way you see someone, the, you know, the way you 
the way you envision them, the way you look at them, the attitude you have towards them gives them a certain feeling. Just this week I spoke to her. And he, on, he has groups of children that he does work with, like a self-esteem and confidence and beautiful, beautiful work that he does with children. He made a very interesting experiment. He was teaching the children, sometimes you feel that people don't like you. Maybe it's because you don't like them. You think they don't like you, maybe it's because you don't like other children. So you know, we're going to make an experiment. So he had one kid go out, out of the room. He, told all the other, he, told, he took one, one kid in the room. He said, you know what, when this kid walks in, you're going to feel in your heart a hatred towards him. You're going to look at him bad. You can see all the bad things in him. But everyone should work to have the same face. Right? They practice everyone looking the same. And one child arousing in himself negative emotions toward this other kid that was outside. And he told the kid to come in and stand by each kid and say which kid it is that had bad feelings toward him. And then he did it the other way around. You know, now we're going to have one kid think very highly of someone and a loving, you know, respectful feeling toward the kid that's outside. And everyone looked the same. And everyone was emotionless. And the kid came in. And he said... Almost all of the time, he tries to experiment many times with different children in positive and negative. Almost every time, the kid was able to say which kid was feeling either positively or negatively toward him. Isn't that amazing? The feeling you have towards someone, they feel it. Now, they don't always realize they're feeling it from you. They just feel back a certain challenging emotion. And that's what he was trying to prove the point. That sometimes you're hating others because they hate you. Or sometimes you think they hate you because you're hating them. And it's all hard. So when you have that feeling within you, my husband's amazing. My husband's a good person. He has so many qualities. I love him. He's, I respect him. He's special. And the financial struggle will work out. And he'll feel better about himself. He'll feel less challenged. Maybe it'll be easier for him to do that. Maybe it'll be easier for him to hear you talk about the difficulties that, that are just a technical part of, of what, we, what we have to do. So that's also something that's very, uh, that, that, that's very upset. Now, even if somebody does get hurt by what you say, as long as you're saying it in a nice way, it's still okay. You know, sometimes people are afraid of something. What am I going to do if he doesn't like what I'm saying? Well, he might not like what you're saying. It's not nice to hear someone talk about your um, incompetence about bringing Panusa, but it's okay as long as you didn't mean to hurt them. And, you, and you're sure that you attack it, don't say it the wrong way. I mean, that's fine. And this is something that you do want to discuss with the roof and tell them that, you know, I'm not blaming you. I don't think you're at fault, but I think it's something we should discuss with the roof or somebody who could guide us to what, what the theoretic approach over here is to do. How are we going to work about the Panusa going forward? Is it something that we should just let it the way it is and let resentment build and, and, and not work for either of us? And what are you going to do when you have too many children? You won't be able to work anymore and your husband won't provide? It's a way about this. Now, saying that I would talk to my roof about it, but I start crying right away, you know, there's nothing wrong with crying, and women cry, right? The Muslim at Siyah, and I hope that women shouldn't cry, and husbands should be careful that they shouldn't, but it's okay. It's a, it, I don't want to you know, sound negative, but it's a pretty poor excuse for not being responsible and discussing with a third party in a respectful way because I'm going to start crying and I can't handle it. You know, there's a way to deal with things. And sometimes it's, you know, I don't want to talk to you. He makes me feel bad. You know, I, I, you find, it's good to find someone who doesn't make you feel bad, but it's not a reason to refrain from doing the responsible thing and putting it on the table and dealing with it and asking the shayla and getting guidance and, and trying to make things work. So that's definitely um, something important. Mm-hmm. I do believe that if the two of you get together with a shared motive to make this work and communicate in a respectful way, in a healthy way, Right? In a technical way. It will definitely bring about good results. Just make sure there's no, nothing challenging in the message. And make sure all the positive is emphasized a lot louder and a lot bigger and a lot more often. And make sure that the positive is a label. All the good things you do, that's who you are. All the not such good, great stuff is not who you are. It's technical. And, and, and usually two people can make things work when it's done that way. And I want to mention one more point, and that is where people lump together a lot of things. Sometimes there's like a lack, a lack of trust along with the control over who's spending the money, along with um, the debt and the irresponsible and the obligations that aren't met, it becomes one big kegel. And when you put it all together, it sounds very cloudy and negative. As opposed to when you... When, let's discuss now how we're going to pay the bill this month. 
Let's discuss now where we should invest. Let's discuss separately what you're going to do for the future. Let's discuss um, how we're going to use my earnings. Instead of putting it all into one kegel, and it becomes very emotional. Because when you deal with too many things at once, there's no solution. When you tell someone, how could I trust you? And what do you really think you're good at? And don't you realize how, many, how much debt you already uh, put together? And why do you think you're allowed to use my money? And, and why do you think I have... There's no answer anymore. And people lose it very often. And with kids also. You have an issue with a child's behavior, right? When you make a discussion about it, as nice as you would try to be and as calm as you try to be, you lump everything together, there's no answer anymore. So, yeah, I'm going to go learn to be an electrician. I think I'm good at that. Yeah, but how are we going to pay the bill this month? Oh, this month I'll think I'll borrow from my parents. But we have so much debt already, how are you paying that off? No, I think with a tax return from next year we're going to do that. Yeah, but why are you going to use my... Instead of making it a, a merry-go-round, deal with one thing at a time. Do it respectfully. Do it very technically. And show someone you believe in them. I mean, I yourself, when it's done in that manner, then usually, along with the, with the guidance of the rule and the Astoira, making sure what you're doing is responsible and offering your help in a nice manner, you know, I mean, very many things can work out and we can live together. I have a